We're almost there to voting day, but you know more than a million people have already cast their vote here in BC. So down to the final couple of days of campaigning here, we thought let's get an assessment from Richard Zussman about how all of this is gone. He joins us now. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Simi. It's it's hard to believe. Like when you're in it, it just you you're moving the ball down the field, and then you look up, and here we are at the goal. And uh, <laughs> like I haven't. I've listened to almost every single press conference that John Horgan and Andrew Wilkinson have done and many that Sonia Furstenau have done. And, you know, this is a big reason why, you know, Keith Baldry and I do this job is for elections, to inform the public during elections, to help people figure out who's going to serve us. And the circumstances were so bizarre this time, but it's... uh, it's it's hard to sort of fathom that we were we are now here and there is an election two days away and we are about to find out uh, very possibly <laughs> who the next premier of British Columbia is going to be. Yes, we certainly do. So let's get your assessment. You said you've spent so much time listening in on all of these press conferences. Uh, let's get an assessment of how the campaigns have gone. So where do you want to start? Yeah, I think. The overall thing to think about here is there are many different ideas on the table. Uh, Those are all available online, and you and I have spent a lot of time talking about those. But ultimately, the thing that people are deciding is who is the best person to lead us. And this is me as a reporter, watching these people every day for years. And it has become very, very clear, not just during the campaign, but that before the campaign and leading into it, that John Horgan is best suited to lead British Columbia. And that difference between John Horgan and Andrew Wilkinson has just widened throughout this campaign. And British Columbians will assess who is best for them to vote for based on their values and their ideals and the issues that matter to them most. But as a reporter, from what I have seen close up and talking to these people, it is very obvious that John Horgan is the right person to govern British Columbia. And that is just an overall top level assessment from from my eyes as a journalist watching these uh, leaders perform every single day. Okay, well, let's talk about kind of why that is then taking a look at what the B.C. Liberals have done over the last few weeks did they change their tactics like did what how did the campaign maneuver and there may be a big shift in tactics today simi and today is such a crucial day because of what we've seen unfold over the last few days so we had record-breaking number of cases yesterday of COVID 19. Yes. yes we had lots of tests done but still we had more than 200 for the first time ever we had an outbreak in a school And now all of a sudden, Andrew Wilkinson was expected to do a press conference this morning at 10 o'clock, which would have been an hour and 15 minutes before John Horgan. And then last night at 10.30, they made an announcement that his press conference is now at 2.30. And throughout the entire campaign, there have been some time changes for logistics, but I've never seen a time change for a press conference by this far. And based on reading that, It looks like Wilkinson is going to, right before Bonnie Henry speaks at 3 o'clock, try to cast doubt on the way that John Horgan has governed the province through the pandemic. Interesting. And it is one of the only plays Wilkinson has left because so many British Columbians believe that John Horgan has done an incredibly effective job 
governing through the pandemic. And so that could be a final shift we see, one last push. And we saw this creep in last week, Simi, when Mary Polak held a press conference saying that the Liberals, if elected, would review the back-to-school plan immediately. And that's a plan that was approved by and created by Dr. Bonnie Henry and pushed by Premier John Horgan and Education Minister Rob Fleming. And so it will be fascinating to see if that's a change of course. Is it is my imagination or in the last couple of days, have I seen more of an emphasis being made by the BC Liberals on Andrew Wilkinson's medical background? Yeah, and I think it is one of those things where the number one issue in this campaign is COVID-19 and recovery. Poll after poll shows that. John Horgan has also made a marked shift in the last few days about governing during a pandemic, the health care measures, primary urgent care centers, investment for long-term care, protecting your health. It is the number, it is the singular thing that matters right. to people. Yes, we've had a nice debate about child care and ICBC and the environment, but Ultimately, people more than ever before are voting based on who they believe will help guide us through the pandemic. And Wilkinson believes that his credentials as a doctor are extremely helpful uh, in convincing people that he is the right person to govern through a pandemic. Now, was this you? I don't know. Somebody said this on Twitter yesterday. It may have been you, Richard, where you, we, we were I talking. I a lot of things on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but this had to do with uh, the response to the number of cases yesterday, too, that if people are, if the Liberals are going to pin the blame on John Horgan and the NDP for the increasing cases, then do you also give them the credit when the cases go down? Yeah, I did write that, and I and I wrote it almost... I've been grappling with that question a lot. Does it go both ways? Does it go neither way? It's one of those things where the voter is thinking about these issues. And we look at poll after poll after poll, Simi, and it says British Columbians believe John Horgan has done an effective job governing us through the pandemic. And we have given him a lot of credit for the way he has governed. And now we're looking at, in some cases, a very bad scenario where we have finally seen an outbreak in a school. And I think a lot of people anticipated this was going to happen. Yeah. And maybe this is later than we anticipated it was going to happen. But it's happened now. And it's going to happen more. And we're seeing cases now over 200 a day. And that we know will lead to hospitalizations and eventually could potentially lead to more deaths from COVID-19. That's going to happen. So are people going to look at these numbers and think, I gave John Horgan credit before. Am I now going to say he's to blame? And then the answer that people are going to try to figure out is what else could John Horgan have done? Uh, could he have taken more control? Could he have pushed Bonnie Henry to put in more measures? Could we have had mandatory mask bans? Could we have had a more robust investment in the school system? Could there could, have been you lockdowns? Argue, you could also argue, yeah, you could also argue, though, that people say they like what the government has done because they have let health officials run this thing. Of course. And I think that's a big part of it as well. And that they, John Horgan has stepped to the side and allowed Dr. Henry to make the medical decisions. And I think that has always been considered the best course of action. But at what point will people have said, well, there was a number of cases per day that government should have right. said that enough is enough. We should have stepped in at that point. When we were down at single digit increases a day, when we had flattened that curve and there was yeah. this optimism that we had done it. And then the other thing you hear a lot about is Dr. Bonnie Henry and in essence, John Horgan gave British Columbians all the tools needed to manage this pandemic. 
and British Columbians screwed it up. Well, I was going to say that too. What about our culpability in this? And there's, we have huge culpability in yeah, all of this. Exactly. But as you know, Simi, people don't like to blame themselves. They <laughs> like to blame others. And so that is, we have huge culpability yeah, in all exactly. of this. That so we have been given the tools. We know to wear masks. We know to keep our distance. We know not to go to wed- weddings. And we're doing it We know it, though, not to go to funerals, but yeah. we're doing it anyways. Exactly. And so that is all of the things. And that is what makes elections so incredibly fascinating is the way in which people think about these decisions. And it is far more complex than I like this guy more than this guy, or this idea is better than this idea. It is a million different things in your head. And that is why I love my job so much. And before we go, I know this is the last time we get to talk before the election. I just want to say thank you to all of those people who put your name on a ballot and you stand and you take the criticism and you seek public office because it is hard work. It is not easy to do. You don't have to do it. And our democracy is much better served when more people decide to do it. And so So thank you to all of you who put your name on that ballot. Good luck to all the candidates. Good luck to all the parties. And when we talk next week, Simi, hopefully we don't have this two-week-long delay, but we may on who the next premier is. But um, I hope people have enjoyed, you know, well, you know I was what? helping them guide through their decision on all this. We'll talk to you and them on Saturday night. Uh, Richard, we thank will. you. Yeah. Richard Zussman, our global news reporter there. Yes, we'll have complete coverage on Saturday night starting at 7.